my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Full House Friday, everyone. Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, today we start a new series for the month of November. We've looked at Danny's career journey and Jesse's musical career journey. And now we're going to look at Joey's comedic career journey, kicking This series off with Season 1, Episode 16. But seriously, folks, this aired February 5th, 1988. I was five years old. Well, almost five and a half when this episode aired. Wait a minute. Yeah, I was. I would have been six that year in August. Okay. So, this episode's got a 6.6 out of 10 based on 347 ratings. Guest starring, we have Phyllis Diller as herself. We have Bruce Baum as the MC, basically the person at the comedy club who is introducing the next act. We have Ed Alonzo, and that is pretty much, those are the guest stars for this episode. So, this actually would have been Andrea Barber's third appearance on the show. Her first appearance is in episode three, first day of school. So, she's really in not really a lot of episodes in season three. We got the third episode, the twelfth episode, our very first promo, and then, but seriously, folks, then she's in just one of the guys, episode 18, and... The season one finale, DJ's DJ Tanner's Day Off. All right. So this episode was directed by Joel Zwick. We have writer Jeff Franklin, the creator, and Russell Marcus also writing this episode. Got trivia. Joey's joke in the beginning about Mr. Ed Meese refers to the wet tech scandal, which involved government contracts. Edwin Meese was Attorney General of the United States at the time and was charged with complicity in the scandal. He would later resign in August of 1988, so later that year, six months after this episode aired. Several people Meese was connected to ended up going to prison as Joey's Joke references. Well, I'm glad that somebody put this in there because I would not have known otherwise who... Ed Meese is. The title is a line often used by Bob Hope in his monologues and by other comedians. Joey catches DJ watching Late Night with David Letterman, which at the time ran from 9.30 to 10.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. DJ tells Joey that Stephanie slept through The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson, which also... At the same time, ran from 8.30 to 
When Jesse teaches DJ the A minor 7th chord, he positions her in the A major chord. Again, something I didn't know because I don't play the guitar. Uh, soundtracks. We have Venus, written by Robbie Van Lewin. Let's see. Do we have any user reviews? We do. This... <laughs> 6 out of 10 by Mitch RMP. Will the, re Will the Real Joey Please Stand Up? I like this title. Okay. Joey was excited about his comedy routine. The whole family came to support him. But a famous comedian was there who blew the house away. When Joey got up to do his routine, everyone laughed. Yes, they were all laughed out. They were tired and they wanted to go home. Naturally, Joey is upset. So upset that he decides he's done with comedy. Really? Joey, come on. Instead, he plans to become a businessman. But as he looks for a job and receives job offers, he turns them down. The family lets him go on. But Jesse finally realizes they must do something when DJ gives up guitar, quoting Joey's words when he gave up comedy. Jesse and Joey are a hoot. The best part of the show is when Jesse tries to do Joey's comedy routine, which forces Joey to do his routine and gets a big round of applause as he brings down the house. A heart-to-heart -heart between Joey and DJ sets things right. I'd say, yeah, that pretty much uh, sets the tone for the episode. I, I'd i forgot, like, yeah, that is a side plot. DJ learning to play the guitar. Um, noteworthy. Later, she ends up picking up the drums in season two. And that carries on into Fuller House with the reunion of Girl Talk. She has to step in for a girl in season eight that uh, is not in Fuller House, who was playing the guitar, playing the drums originally in Girl Talk. All right, before I officially get into the episode, I want to let all the Tanner newbies, a.k.a. new listeners of the podcast, I want to say welcome. And to all the regular listeners, I want to say welcome once more. I want to let the Tanner newbies know where they can go to find the podcast to listen to. If you're listening to it right now, congratulations. You're probably listening to it on either iTunes or SoundCloud. Those are the two options to listen to the podcast. If you're looking where to find the podcast on social media, I definitely advise Facebook. The podcast has its own Facebook page. Just type in Full House or Fuller House Podcast. The Oh My Lanta Holy Chalupas Podcast will pop up. You can follow it to find out what set of episodes I'm doing each month. Because I don't go episode by episode or by season by season or any of that stuff. Which is pretty much the same thing. Also, about this podcast... This podcast is a what I would like to refer to as an ears of all ages podcast. That means anyone of any age can listen to it without fear of inappropriate content. This is rated C for clean. And E for everyone. There are a few Full House or Fuller House podcasts out there. And again, you, you need to... 
just be you know observant of, of the ratings and every which I'm, I'm sure that you are um we I've all grown up with full house a lot of us and I'm sure there are those that are introducing their kids to it for the first time and want to find a podcast that is appropriate for them so this is one of them there are a couple others that are also rated C for clean as well so Speaking of Full House podcasts, there are a couple Full House alumni that have started their own rewatch podcasts. At this time when this episode comes out in early November, you'll probably have already listened to a few episodes. Dave Coulier just kicked off Full House Rewind, a rewatch podcast. He's kind of put it on pause at the moment. Hopefully by the time this episode airs in November, he will have resumed his podcast at this time in August, early August of 2023. There is a writer after strike going on, I believe, and he's kind of put a pause on the podcast in support of that. Another Full House Rewatch podcast by a couple Full House alums has gone live. Hey Rude Tanneritos! Yes, with Andrea Barber and Jody Sweeten. The podcast we all need, right? Uh, I listened to a little bit of it. I, I'm still working on it at this point. Um, they just dropped the first episode reviewing the pilot episode, and I'm just like, yes, yes, we need more. This is this is a thing. This is a trend where celebrities of TV shows are going back and rewatching their their own shows. And it's so cool. Um, I never did watch Scrubs, but I guess the guys on Scrubs, uh, Zach and Donald Faison, are going back and they've rewatched episodes. Uh, there's also a couple ladies on The Office that have created their own Office rewatch podcast. Pod Meets World with Ryder Strong, Will Friedle, and Daniel Fischel. They've started their own podcast. So that is really wild. It's just, it's so cool. Because they're going to have information that no other person outside of working on the show, whether actor or anyone that's dealt in, you know, the production or set designer or any of that know-how, wardrobe department, no one else outside of that is going to have that intel unless they're sleuthing on the internet. But it's just so cool to have insight from someone who was there, who played a part, and can give you, just tell you what it was like being that character for, you know, for at least eight years. And then, of course, you have another five years with, with Fuller House. So it just, it's wild. So when I when I saw that at first I'm kind of like how rude and like wait there's another podcast called how rude. So I see how they added the whole how rude Tanneritos because how rude was Stephanie's catchphrase and then Tanneritos that was one of the catchphrases that Kimmy would say so I I like that I think that's really really cool. And also definitely I mean Full House. Uh, How Rude podcast with John Pernasek and Brandon Shockney. That was my first 
Full House podcast from back. I started listening, I believe it was like 2015, I believe is when I started actually discovering podcasts and listening to them. And I'm like, a Full House podcast? Oh yeah. However, again, you need to just watch the rating and stuff because it's definitely, it's it's not for kids, but it is, it's hilarious. The guys do a good job. They do not just all the episodes of Full House. They do the first two seasons of Fuller House, and then they do some other stuff that's Full House related. They uh, do a couple of Full House Stephanie Michelle books, fun stuff like that. It's a really good podcast. And one other Full House podcast that sadly isn't on iTunes anymore, but you can find some episodes on YouTube. Some random episodes of Everywhere You Look, a Full House podcast. So, again, that's another one that is not really appropriate for kids, but it's still good. Both of those podcasts I discovered back in 2015, and I think they're so, so great. So, if you've been listening since I debuted this podcast in April of 2019, or you're just tuning in now, you probably already know or you don't know that as of 2023, so this goes out in early November, at the end of next month, December 2023, I am wrapping up the full house portion of the podcast. Because I'll, I will have covered all the episodes of Full House. Took me over four years, but I just about got there. Just about crossed the finish line. However, it's a Full House, Fuller House podcast. So that means why there has been an absence of Fuller House this year is because I dedicated to finishing up Full House. 2024 is going to be dedicated to wrapping up the Fuller House portion. So with that, you're going to be getting two podcast episodes a month, but I'm covering two episodes per podcast episode. So basically four episodes a month. After that, more likely in 2025, the podcast will probably go to monthly where even though I don't have any episodes to cover, I still have compilation mini podcast episodes that I can do like favorite relationship on the show um favorite guest star worst guest uh guest star or worst character stuff like that just I think I just think of and also not only that but maybe comparing plot lines between both shows with similar characters, stuff like that. Just such a, a plethora of just so many things that I can do. Full, I have a bunch of Full House Stephanie books I would love to dive into as well. And there's also other things Full House related. There's some Full House PSAs, public service announcements, behind the scenes, just Fun stuff like that. Like anything appropriately Full House related, I will find out and I will cover it. I want to keep the podcast going. 
Also, if you want to email the podcast, you can let me know who your favorite character is. Hit me up with a trivia question. Get your voice heard on the podcast. Tell me about what Full House or Fuller House means to you. The email address is omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. And if you've been listening for a while or since the show began, and you haven't yet, and you want to support the podcast, you can go to iTunes and leave a review. Just type in Full House or Fuller House Podcast. The Oh My Lanta Holy Chalupas Podcast will pop up. Scroll down to where it says leave a review and leave a review. You can have fun with it. Use emojis. For episode titles. I would love to try to guess at those. You can hit me up with a trivia question from either show. Honestly, I'm going to be more inept with Full House and more than, than Fuller House. Because really, a lot of the episodes, I pretty much only watched one once. Twice, if you count when I podcasted it. So, Alright, without further ado, let's jump into Season 1, Episode 16. But seriously, folks. Alright, so we come out of the intro, we're in Jesse's room, both Kimmy and DJ are wearing some sort of berets, we got uh, Kimmy on the keyboards, which is a thing of course that carries over into Fuller House, because there are a handful of episodes in Full House where she plays the keyboard. So part of me honestly wonders, I mean, I would think for something like that to carry through whether or not Andrea Barber most likely, maybe she does know how to play the keyboard. I don't know. Maybe eventually she did have to learn because they have it in a handful of episodes. DJ's on the guitar and Jessie is trying to show her where to place her fingers on the fretboard, on the strings. And he's telling her, like, just kind of relax your hand a little bit on the fretboard. You kind of, you know tensing up, which when you're learning something new, you probably do get a little nervous. And he's like, okay, let me hear it. So she strums it, and it sounds very out of tune. But then again, I don't play guitar. I did have one once that was very old and very used, most likely probably even needed to be tuned, but I'm like, I'm not doing that. So, and I... Played it once for funs and giggles in my room, and that was pretty much it. I think I ended up pawning it. And Jesse, I like how he's being supportive. He puts a hand on DJ's shoulders, like, that's that's good. That's That was very close to music. Oh, Kimmy, who asked you? She says, not close enough. Kimmy has got, they both are wearing pink and red. Like, they both have really poofy... I don't even know if you would consider consider it a beret, but yeah. But Kimmy's got red, white, and black bracelets running up her her right arm. And DJ swears to Kimmy saying, Kimmy, I swear I'm gonna learn how to play this thing. And of course DJ kinda wants to throw her weight around with like, hey, don't forget, starting the bracelets was my idea. You know, I would worry less about the name of the band and everything. I would learn how to play an instrument before you jump into, let's start a band. I'm like, but you don't know how to play. I mean, I get the whole learn as you go thing, but. It just, I mean, honestly, it just seems of the times, like everyone at one point or another, when they had a group of their friends, I'm sure they saw 
the Beatles, like, hey, we'll be the next Beatles, or we'll be the next Elvis Presley, or we'll be the next Madonna. I don't think she played her instruments. You know, um, or like, hey, we'll be the next Cheryl. I'm just trying to think of some musical influences of the different decades. You got your Janis Joplin, you got your um, Sarah McLaughlin, Cheryl Crow, uh, K- Kelly Clarkson, Taylor Swift. Uh, I'm just names of singers that and, and that that I listen to and stuff like that. Did anyone who was a teenager in say the late '90s? So when I'm saying late '90s, I mean from like. 97 to 2000, remember singers like Sean, Sean Colvin, um, Paula Cole, Meredith Brooks, I think, like lady singers like that. I really, my music did kind of change. I mean, I grew up on country, but then eventually, as I became a teenager, I was listening more to, I don't know if you'd call it alternative rock with like Matchbox 20, Macy Playground, Oasis, The Cranberries, stuff like that. Speaking of, as I record this, it's been a week or so since um, Sinead O'Connor passed away, and I was shocked, I'm like, oh my gosh, and also speaking of, at this point, since I'm filming in early August, you probably are, by the time this goes out in November, you'll have known, it'll be a few months out, but, excuse me, um, Paul Rubens passed away, Pee Wee Herman passed away, and I just, like, what, a co-worker of mine is like, Paul Rubens passed away, I'm like, Pee Wee Herman? Paul Rubens, oh my gosh, oh, just, it breaks my heart that, um, we have been losing some really great, you know, actors and, and, and you know, perf- performers and just people in general, it's just like, oh, and what's sad about that is that both Sinead O'Connor and Paul Rubens had been battling cancer and it just their 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 battle came to an end and it just it breaks my heart because you know if you've been listening for at least a hand, since 2019 you guys will know that just after I started this podcast my father passed away from cancer after battling it for over a year and it's just oh it breaks my heart so going back to the episode, when DJ says starting the bracelets was my idea, and Kimmy says, yeah, that's why it would be so tragic to have to replace you. And I like how Jesse's like, hey, Kimmy, come here. Give me a favor. Don't help. Oh, they're going to do the song Venus, which whenever I hear this, you want to know what it makes me think of? The Brady Bunch movie. Uh, that, honestly, a TV show parody movie the Brady Bunch movie is among one of my favorites, along with the sequel, a very Brady sequel. So, he has DJ play it, and again, she's just, just strums it once, and it's just, I think that guitar is the problem, too. Like, she really needs to have that guitar tuned or something. Did he give her, or maybe it's just her. 
So, again, Jesse trying to be encouraging, like, that's great, that's great. So he's like, all right. So it's basically Jesse strumming the guitar and Kimmy on the keyboards. And then DJ finally gives up on strumming the guitar, turns the guitar around and starts just banging on the back of the guitar. Okay, DJ just starts shouting and just, it's almost like she's on the drums, but beating on a a bongo drum. And it's like, she's not even singing. She's just... The look of, like, uncomfortable... Just Kimmy's like, eek! Even Jessie looks at her like, girl, how can you be my niece? You have no musical talent. Why would you use the back of a guitar to use, like, a bongo drum? she says, oh yeah, this side is so much easier to play. Well, you're going to end up doing damage. Well, we don't try it again, DJ. Why don't you go to the drums? That's your forte. So Danny happens to come in. Looks like he's, I'm guessing, getting ready for work. Because at this point he's a sportscaster still. And of course Danny wants to be supportive of his daughter. He says, that was beautiful. Even, even DJ looks over her shoulder at her dad and, and looks at him like, are you, did you hear that right? I suck, basically. I'm not good. Even she can tell when someone's lying. So basically, oh yeah, they're just killing time because like, hey, look, sorry to cut this short, but tonight is Joey's big night. Let's go. And Kimmy says, hey DJ, maybe you should just stay home tonight and practice. In fact, you may have to drop out of school altogether. And DJ says, Kimmy, lighten up. Seriously, okay? That's the kind of attitude that broke up the go-go's. <laughs> the look on Jesse's face. Like, uh, generational musical differences. I mean, we got Jesse with this Elvis, Buddy Holly story poster, stuff like that. And then we got the girl bands of the 80s with the go-go's and other bands that I can't think of at the moment. I don't, honestly, no, I don't think there's ever a time in my life that I ever thought to myself with the handful of friends that I had saying, let's start a band. Never once. The Sandlot, on the other hand, encouraged me like, oh, I'm going to go get a plastic wiffle bat, bring it to school and try to form, because there's like a little baseball field just next to the playground like oh let's do the play the sandlot or something i don't know <laughs> it's just interesting how as a kid it's just you the influence of tv and when you're young you're like oh let's play such and such we'll be the characters not just playing like characters like the figurines but actually <clears throat> pretending you are the character Try the A minor seventh chord, which is the first finger. Okay, first fret. Relax, relax. First fret, first third string. There you go. This finger goes there. That finger. You almost have it. You finally have one more finger. <laughs> All right, give it a try. Let's hear it. That was very good. That was very close to music. Not close enough. Kimmy, I swear, I'm going to learn how to play this thing. Now don't forget, starting the bracelets was my idea. That's why it would be so tragic to have to replace you. Kimmy, 
Come here, Fair. Don't help. <laughs> all right, let's, uh, let's, do the, let's do the song, Venus, all right? Let's do the tune, okay? You start it. Go ahead, DJ. Go ahead. Sorry to cut this short, but tonight is Joey's big night. Let's go. DJ, maybe you should stay home tonight and practice. In fact, you may have to drop out of school. Kimmy, lighten up. It's that kind of attitude that broke up the go-go's. So, now we're downstairs, and Joey is wearing a bolo tie, which is interesting. Doesn't seem... It really clashes with his... Teal... Red flower, purple flower shirt that, I mean, you can barely really see it because it's just a, a little metal clasped bolo tie thing with a couple of black strings hanging down, but it just doesn't look good. He's like, hey, Danny, check it out, okay? I got a new bit. Oh, well, I'm gonna visit all my friends in prison and then enjoy it. Danny's like, oh, Mr. Ed, right? And Joey says, Mr. Ed Meese. Huh. I don't know, that just sounds, especially, I guess, if it's... Because usually, do some comedians do impressions of other people? Or things that are, like, current, relevant events? Stuff like, or just random stuff that people can relate to? Favorite comedians, I would have to say definitely Jim Gaffigan. Oh my goodness gracious. It's, he is hilarious. A lot of what he talks about is, um, is food like McDonald's, Subway, <laughs> you know, Disney, trips to Disney World and just fun stuff that you can really it's just oh he has got if you haven't heard jim gaff again he has a few specials i think on netflix or uh amazon prime or just uh, maybe even spotify's got his stand-up stuff mr universe honestly has got to be my favorite stand-up of his oh my goodness he's bringing out the tape recorder with <laughs> that weird like jumbled fake laugh that's supposed to pump him up and give him encouragement. <laughs> oh, I get why he went with that shirt now, because he's got a flamingo pink <laughs> um, suit jacket. And Danny's like, Joey, you're gonna be so hot tonight. And Joey's like, yeah, Dan, I can, just, I can feel it. You know, tonight, it's gonna be my night. Talent scout from HBO. Cool. Who's looking for talented young comics for a big special? Yeah, you, you might have mentioned it a few times, Joey. He's, he says, yeah, I mean, you might have mentioned it you know, once or twice or several hundred thousand times. 
Joey is mentally on top of the world right now, and I'm so happy for him. All right, the kids are packed up. We got this giant stuffed panda. Uh, DJ's carrying a stuffed button. She, she needs all of that? Even the, I mean, the panda is taller than Stephanie. Yeah, they're going to drop uh, Michelle off at Grandma's. <laughs> Jesse comes down and he says, she's going to either spend the night at Grandma's or six months in Europe. I don't think you're putting that giant panda, stuffed panda, in the overhead compartment. <laughs> and Joey says, oh, Michelle, I'm sorry you're going to miss my comedy act. He asks for a kiss for good luck, and Danny, like, kisses him on the side of his head. And Danny lifts up Joey's arm, and Joey presses play on that annoying laughter laugh box. So, Jesse is wearing all black. It's like he's uh, trying to compete with Johnny Cash. <laughs> I mean, black leather jack suit jacket. It's, I mean, I wouldn't even call it a jacket. It's more like a black leather suit jacket. DJ's also wearing a black jean jacket with a hat. It's like she's trying to rival like Madonna or Debbie Gibson or Tiffany, but an all black ensemble. So Jesse goes over to Joey and says, all right, well, this kills me, but I'll be supportive for a moment as he goes over to Jesse. Uh, Jesse goes over to Joey. Yeah, he basically says, Joseph, you're a real funny guy, and you're going to do great tonight. And <laughs> he looked at his watch. Time's up. Like, that. that's all I have in me right now. It comes in spurts. And Joey says, thanks, I'll be touched for a moment. Looks at his watch. Time's up. How in the world did I activate Siri when I didn't even push a button on my watch? All of a sudden I'm talking and this, this little thing comes up, this little swirly thing, like I'm talking into it. I'm not. This is so weird. Everyone is <laughs> wishing him good luck. And he just keeps repeating, tonight is my night. Yes! Uh, go get him, Joey. And... DJ says, well, we better get going, too. And Jesse says, oh, no, no, we can't go yet. My date hasn't shown up. <laughs> it's funny. He's like, I'm so nervous because we haven't seen Stephanie yet. Where's Stephanie? This is as adorable as this is. It's a little odd. Um, <laughs> Stephanie comes in wearing a white. To me, it feels like a first communion dress. Because she comes in with a purse. Says, good evening, Jess. Where'd you get the... My guess is maybe it's like a hand-me-down from Pam. Like, oh, this is one of your mom's purses. It will go great. And it just seems... I was thinking about that the other day. As kids, like, sometimes, like, oh, I want to carry a little purse. And you can't drive yet. I'm just like, well, I gotta have my keys. Just random stuff you think that a person would put in their purse. The one thing that irritates me, I don't know why, I don't carry a purse... What irritates me is when I wear a fanny pack and someone refers to it as a purse. I'm like, this is not a purse. It's a fanny pack. Call it a fanny pack. It's not a purse. I don't know why I, that just grates on my nerves so much. Jesse stands up and says, hello, dear. This 
I don't know. As cute as it is at first, it's just like, this is just, I don't know. It's adorable. And, of course, he says, oh, I'm sorry I kept you waiting. And he says, may I say, you look quite lovely this evening. And Stanley says, and may I say, you look quite lovely yourself, too, also. So he puts, like, a fluffy, this, is this winter? I don't see how it can be winter because DJ's wearing a dark, dark blue bordering on black jean jacket. And Stephanie's got a puffy coat on like it's, like, January. I don't know how cold it gets in in San Francisco in January. Yeah, let's find out. Okay, so it looks like it says the weather in January in San Francisco is quite rainy with eight months of <laughs> eight months of rain, eight days of rain on average throughout the month. However, temperatures always remain mild in San Francisco given that it's surrounded by water. So temperatures range between 46 and 58 degrees. Yeah, to me, whoops, um, to me that kind of weather is like. I would say either definitely jacket or hoodie weather at that point. When we went to Michigan, because in Texas it had been bordering on in the hundreds, and we went to Michigan for a week, the vast difference of what it would feel in in the mornings it's already like 85 degrees at like 8 a.m here in texas in michigan in the mornings it would just be getting into like 63 64 degrees at 8 a.m so it was a nice it was a nice break it was a nice contrast from the weather but yeah i don't know what well <clears throat> if they just They've had Thanksgiving at this point, because this is episode 16, so they got, odds are, they, I would say they're probably somewhere between February and March. And Michelle had on, like, uh, a winter coat. But, DJ, why does it matter if Stephanie carries a purse? No one that you go to school is going to see you there. Why do you feel the need to be embarrassed? Because why are you lugging around a purse for Looking around a purse. It's a small little purse. It's got a thin strap that she's got from shoulder to opposite waist. It's not like it's crammed with a bunch of months old receipts and random like expired gum and other stuff that would probably, you know, the big purses that got like so much stuff in there. And after a month or two, you're going through it like, why was I holding on to this? I need on a date. She says, I have woman things I need on a date. Money for a phone. For a second, I'm just going to say my phone. And I'm like, I don't think a phone in 1980s would fit in there. <laughs> not, not a mobile, not a not a cellular phone. Those things were like a brick back then. I wouldn't know from experience because I didn't have a cell phone in like until I'd say 2002. <laughs> he honestly is wearing such a puffy faux fur coat. It's just a white, it looks like she's an arctic snow fox. Or she's a baby polar bear that's getting ready to be put out in the Atlantic. Yeah, keys to someplace, and of course, an orange. 
that thing is gonna stink up that purse. That's gonna be Pam's purse, because where else would she have gotten it? I doubt it's a hand-me-down. No way would DJ use a purse that's that beige and gaudy looking. She would want something hip. She'd probably choose something that's like fuchsia or red or something to go with her outfits. Yes, roll the eyes, DJ, please. And Stephanie goes, says, because Jesse's standing right next to her, she puts her hand out and says, shall we? And he says, let's. I love how he bends down to her level and she puts her arm through his. And Danny says, oh, they make a lovely couple. No, actually, Michelle's got on a light spring jacket. And she's holding, I can't tell if that's a horse or a kangaroo. There's so much stuff they still have to cram into their vehicle before they head out. <laughs> After Danny says that, DJ's just like, okay, Dad, whatever you say. All right, Danny, listen to this. I got a new bit. Hello, Wilbur. I'm going to visit all my friends in prison. <laughs> Mr. Ed? Close. Mr. Ed Meese. <laughs> Joey, you are going to be hot tonight. It's finally going to happen, Danny. I can feel it. Tonight is my night. Oh, did I tell you there's going to be a talent scout there from HBO who's looking for talented young comics for a big special? Yeah, you might have mentioned it once or twice or several hundred thousand times. <laughs> Got the kids packed up. She can either spend the night over grandma's or six months in Europe. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I'm sorry you're going to miss this, Michelle. Okay, give me a kiss for good luck. <laughs> All right. Well, this kills me, but I think I'll be supportive for a moment. Joseph, you're a real funny guy. You're going to do great tonight. Time's up. <laughs> well, thanks. I'll be touched for a moment. Time's up. <laughs> All right. Wish me luck, everybody. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Tonight is my night. Yes. Well, we better get going, too. No, no, no. We can't go yet. My date hasn't showed up yet. So nervous. Good evening, Jeff. <laughs> Hello, dear. Sorry I kept you waiting. May I say you look quite lovely this evening. And may I say you look quite lovely yourself. Two, also. You are. What are you lugging around a purse for? Because I have woman things I need on a date. Many mm -hmm. for a phone call. No, that's it. Someplace. Of course, an orange. <laughs> Shall we? Let's. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. They do make a lovely couple. Alright, so we go to the comedy club. The first person up there is a magi magician. And he's got a metal pan that's got a fire in it. And then he puts the top on it. And then when he pulls the top metal top off the lid, boom, there's a white duck there. Danny is just clapping to clap at this point. He does not look invested at all. He's just waiting for Joey. 
But DJ, she's impressed. She says, this guy is great. Even Jesse's like, meh. So he puts the duck in a magic box, and he's like, oh, no, 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 it's not a microwave. It's like, guy, we can see it's not a microwave. Oh, uh, is it amateur night? Because that guy was very basic. <laughs> he's like, uh, thank you. Well, he's just nervous, I guess, because there's a little bit of a <laughs> not uncontrollable rolling on the floor laughing laughter, but like, <laughs> is this guy done yet? Joey Gladstone coming out. He's not yet. Oh, man. Hey, this just got interesting. He lifts the lid of this box. And it's a woman with a frilly white one-piece top thing. I don't know. You just hear some guy in the audience go, oh, yeah, and then Jesse says, now that's entertainment. I'm with Steph. What happened to the duck? Where did it go? Is it okay? Is it alive? We may not get the answer to those questions. <laughs> I'm concerned. Ed Alonzo, he kind of gives off a um, Harold Ramis kind of look. Now, this guy here, this guy... The MC, the announcer for this club, or the acts. This guy played poker with Joey and Jesse. Yeah, in season three. And then he appears again in season five with yours, mine, and ours. At the, uh, he plays a pirate at some, uh, Treasure Cove Rest, Pirate's Cove Restaurant. He's like, hey, it's Ranger Joe. Like, you played poker with him like two seasons, two years ago, buddy. You don't remember that dude? So he says, all right, we're going to be right back after a short break with our very own Joey Gladstone. So clearly he knows Joey Gladstone. Joey Gladstone frequents that club on a regular basis. Okay, the family's not the only one clapping. Other people are clapping, too. Oh, there's Joey. He's off to the side right there. There is a creepy clown with a white, like, a white face, like a porcelain face, and he's dressed in red and white, and it's just, it's dolls and clowns. You okay, After you've seen, like, movies like It or... I don't know, that, movie, that horror movie Annabelle with the doll and everything, which I I tried to watch that, couldn't get into it. But I can't look at clowns and dolls the same way. There's a soul lurking in that clown and doll, isn't there? Oh, there's not? It's just an evil presence? Okay. Fire goes in the pan just like that. And then, voila! And now the duck goes into the magic box right over here. No, 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 it's not a microwave. <laughs> th th thank you. And then. Oh, yeah. Now that's entertainment. What happened to the duck? Thank you very much. Good night. Let's hear it for the amazing Ed Alonzo. Come on. We'll be right back here for a short break with our very own Joey Gladstone. 
So Joey sits down with the family and says, this is every comedian's dream following a ma magician. The audience is dying to laugh. Uh, yeah, I would imagine. I mean, it seems like when a magician, they're there more to ooh and ah at a magician. Not so much to necessarily laugh. Joey says, don't look now, but the HBO executive, the guy from HBO is sitting right behind you. Of course, the family turns and looks over their shoulder. And the guy is a little startled at first, but he gives a little away. He's like, hey. <laughs> And the family waves back and Joey says, my bodyguards. Danny says, break a leg, Joey. And, of course, Stephanie's never heard of this term before, so she's surprised, like, break a leg? And Danny says, honey, it just it, it means good luck in show business. And I love how Stephanie turns to Joey and says, poke an eye out, Joey. <laughs> I like how Jesse's got an arm slung around. Stephanie says, that's my date, huh? And gives her a kiss on the cheek and pinches her cheek. So cute. So the MC comes back up on stage, introduces Joey, saying he's wacky, he's zany. We consider him part of the family because he expects to get to eat for free. Oh, and here we go, Phyllis Diller. Oh no. Ah, oh. and the thing is, I had looked up what she she's done voice work. She actually passed away about, gosh, is it been almost 11 years ago? And the MC goes, hey, wait a minute. I know that laugh. Is that Phyllis? Phyllis Diller? And I like how she's like, oh, I love you, Brucie. And of course, he says, hey, stand up and take a bow. Of course she does. And the audience just turns and just applauds because it's Phyllis Diller. And she says, I have, I have no trouble getting up. I've had so many things lifted. I just rise automatically. Of course, especially the ladies laugh at this because they know, they know what she means. Kids might not know because they're not at that age, but uh, yeah. And of course, the MC's like, hey, do you think we could get her up here to tell a few jokes? And the audience is like, yeah, Phyllis, woo, 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 woo. And this is, like, this is Joey's spot. So, and of course, I mean, it's important because the HBO guy is there. So I was like, no, don't. Oh, and she's like, I, I can't, I can't. And Joey's like, yeah, really, you can't, you can't. Like, this is my spot. Yeah, he's just like, oh, this is my night. Of course, Bruce starts begging. Please. And she, she gives it. She's like, oh, what the heck? I hate to see a grown man beg. And she turns and says, I take that back. I love it. <laughs> this is every comic's dream following a magician. The audience is dying to laugh. Don't look now, but the guy from HBO is sitting right behind you. Of course they all can. My bodyguards. Joey, break a leg. Break a leg? Honey, that means good luck. Oh. Poke an eye out, Joey. <laughs> That's my date, huh? Thanks, guys. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah. All right. All right, we're back, and it's time for Mr. Fun. He's wacky. He's zany. As a matter of fact, we consider him part of the family because he expects to get fed for free. <laughs> Wait a minute. I know that laugh. Is Phyllis? Is that Phyllis Diller? Oh, I love you, Brucie. Oh, why don't you stand up and take a bow? Oh, thank you. 
I have no trouble getting up. I've had things lifted so many times, I just rise automatically. <laughs> hey, you think we might be able to get her up here to tell a few jokes? No, you can't. You can't. This is my night. Please. Oh, what the heck. I hate to see a grown man beg. <laughs> I take that back. I love it. Bless your Phyllis Diller. So the first joke she says has to do with someone she either she married or is a situation that she's presenting. She says, I never should have married Fang. I found that out when I, uh, at the altar. He got down to the altar and asked for a blindfold and a cigarette. Uh-huh. I don't get that joke. I don't find it funny either because, like, I don't know. Then she says, then he paid the organist 20 bucks to play What Kind of Fool Am I? Joey is just, there's like a piano against a brick wall in the background and above the piano is sitting this, it looks like a porcelain clown dressed in uh, red pajamas or something. It's just really creepy. She, she just keeps talking about this scenario like, oh, then he tried to get my garter off over my head. And he did. We just cut to Danny and Jesse's reaction, and they're looking over at Joey. They're just, they're feeling bad for him. Like, yeah, this was supposed to be Joey's night, and Phyllis Stiller is lapping up the spotlight. Yeah, it's just, this is just a whole, this is just one long joke, just very different variations playing on the one joke of this person she supposedly married, and just all these that are like, oh, something about giving her, uh, emerald or something. She says, no, it was a chiclet. Okay, I hate to say it, but I think Phyllis Diller is going to get the worst outfit of the episode of War. Oh boy, what is she wearing? In the audience, I guess, is it, is it, I guess they find it funny just because Phyllis Diller was really relevant in 87. I mean, she did go, I looked at the Wikipedia, she did do a handful of voice work later on. I guess she was in a couple episodes of the show Seventh Heaven. She played voiced Peter Griffin's mom and family guy. Stuff. Uh, she was in, she voiced a character in A Bug's Life, which honestly, I'm gonna say, I wasn't a huge fan of Bug's Life, but yeah. never a very fang. I found that out at the wedding. He got down to the altar and asked for a blindfold and a cigarette. <laughs> then he paid the organist 20 bucks to play What Kind of Fool Am I? <laughs> then he tried to get my garter off over my head. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> you wouldn't have believed the engagement ring. He said it was a square-cut emerald. It was a chiclet. <laughs> So, we go back, she's still talking about this guy, Fang, that she married, saying, oh, I didn't lose a bumper, it's in the back seat. Stephanie is asleep. <laughs> she's, like, leaning back against Jesse. Jesse's just like, ugh. DJ looks just bored. Danny's just like, ugh. We came here to support Joey. Kids should be in bed. Past their bedtime. Is that a cup of milk on the table? And it looks like maybe, like... Like orange soda or something that maybe DJ was drinking. So I told Fang I did not lose the bumper to the back seat. <laughs> I can't believe I've been up here for an hour. 
hour and a half. Well, I've got to go. I've got dinner reservations, and my date is getting cold. <laughs> You've been absolutely great. So she's like, oh, I can't believe I've been up here for an hour. And Joey's like, an hour and a half. So she's like, I gotta go. I got a dinner date. My date is getting cold. So she leaves. Everyone applauds. And that's when people start to leave. It's like, they gotta work in the morning. I don't know. But um, he's like, oh, wait, there's plenty more laughs. And the MC just starts, he's got a box of oat boats, and he's like, you see the stuff they're giving away in cereal boxes? And he pulls on a mask. So it's like he totally forgets about that Joey's just there waiting to go on. I feel like, I still get paid, don't I? Or unless he's just doing this for exposure. But no, I would imagine he'd be getting paid. Or maybe he's taking it like, oh, I'll eat for free. I'll take my payment and, like, your buffet or something. Yeah, he's like, oh, you know, it takes me off more than the... Anything more than the, the world is like, you see the stuff they're giving away in cereal boxes? He pulls out a giant rubber mask that looks like a cross between a gremlin and Slimer from Ghostbusters. Mixed with Shrek. Speaking of cereal boxes, they don't put anything, you don't get anything for free in cereal. They don't even put things in cereal boxes anymore. You gotta send away for them. He remembers Joey's there and is like, hey, let's hear for our own Joey Gladstone. Poor Stephanie looks like she's, like, ready for bed. She's like, oh, Joey's going up now. So Joey, it just seems like he's agitated, so he's throwing that into his first bit. Hey, aren't we lucky? Of all nights, Phyllis Diller picked tonight to be at this club. Like, Joey, I would have not said that, because now you just sound like you're being uh, kind of a jerk. Like, oh, Phyllis Diller had to show up here tonight. She's going to show up like yesterday or tomorrow when I'm not here. So Joey's like, hey, remember when your mom would get mad at you and she'd always have the final word and she could always change any word she wanted into a verb. And he said, so it was kind of like, hey, mom, can I have a cookie? And she put her hand up and said, I'll cookie you. Gosh, it just makes me think of when I was a kid and at my um, aunt and uncle's house, my younger cousin wanted to watch uh, reruns of Leave it to Beaver. And she's like, I want to watch Leave it to Beaver. And my aunt said, I'll give you a beaver. <laughs> I always remember. I don't know why, but uh, it's always stuck in my head. Oh, yeah, more people are saying. I think it's just, it's late. You know, people didn't expect this. That was probably about as late as they were going to stay. But people are just, they're leaving because their night's over. She always just sort of played off like, <laughs> thanks a lot. <laughs> Hope your tractor starts. Even Jesse and Danny are kind of noticing that people are kind of getting up to leave. I think they're pretty much, with Phyllis still is, they're pretty laughed out. They're like, okay, my night's over. It's time to uh, get home. I don't want to put any more money in my parking meter. Then Joey starts in with like, hey, I see a lot of people with dates tonight. Why do you always... <laughs> Why does it seem like people on dates, why do you always take credit when your date gets compliments? As if you had something to do with it. And Joey gives an example like, oh, hey, your girlfriend's really a doll. And the person says, oh, yeah, thanks. I made her at home with my chemistry set. More people are leaving. 
And he's he's getting desperate. Uh, this one lady that was laughing at Phyllis Diller, she's like got her chin in her hand, just kind of like. Uh. We got an older couple that look like they're probably over the age of fifty. <laughs> I feel bad for saying this now because I'm in my early forties. People who are fifth do not look like these people here. He's getting desperate. He's like, hey, wait, would you like to hear some impressions? The guy from HBO was leaving. And I think Joey's trying to get his... Wait, would you like to hear some impressions? And the guy kind of, like, taps at his watch, like, I, I gotta go. This is as late as I, I plan to stay out. I normally don't stay up this late. I agree. I can't stay up past 10 o'clock anymore, it feels like. Current events. Joey, I would have just... He is desperate, and that just does not make him look good. Would you like to see my bridge work? And then his teeth. Like, no. No, we don't. Honestly, would have called it a night and just said, okay, tonight's clearly not going to be my night. I'll pick it up some other time. I wouldn't even have went on at that point. It was like, what's the point? People are leaving. It's late. Try it some other time. Most of the people that were sitting there have left, and we got three or four other people that are heading. Go. I've got dinner reservations, and my date is getting cold. <laughs> else in the world? Have you guys seen the stuff they're giving away in cereal boxes? Jeez. Well, let's hear it for our own Joey Gladstone. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Aren't we lucky? Of all the nights out of the year, Phyllis Diller picked tonight to be at this club. <laughs> hey, remember when you were younger, how whenever your mom got mad at you, she always had the final word, and she could always change any word she wanted into a verb. So it's kind of like, uh, hey, Mom, can I have a cookie? Well, cookie you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Hope your tractor starts. <laughs> See, some people are here on dates tonight. Why is it that when someone gives your date a compliment, you always take credit for it? As if you had something to do with it? So it's kind of like, uh, hey, you know, your girlfriend's really a doll. Well, thanks. I made her at home with my chemistry set. Ah, <laughs> uh, wait, would you like to hear some impressions? Uh, some current events? No, I gotta get out of here. Would you like to see my bridge work? <laughs> so, the family comes down. It's the next morning. And Danny's like, hey, Joey, you down here? Hey, we, we didn't hear you come in last night. Because clearly they must have left before he got done with his set. And he's like, hey, we were worried about you. Joey comes out. He's got slicked back hair. He's wearing a suit jacket. Looks like he's... Clearly, this is what bugs me. He takes one moment at defeat. He's been playing clubs for a while, for, for years even. And he lets us one night think this is his only shot that he's ever going to make it at comedy. And he calls it quits. He's like, well, clearly this isn't meant to be. It's like, you had one bad night. It's not your fault that Phyllis Diller's, Diller was there and the, the MC gave your spot to her. I'd be like, I better get paid. Regardless of whether she took my spot. Yes, he's wearing like a three-piece suit. He looks really good, cleaned up. And the family is a little concerned because uh, they have not normally seen Joey 
outside of his colorful, goofy shirts that he wears. And the fact that he's normally got his fluffy mullet, his fluffy baby mullet, and it's just, his hair's like, Jesse even notices, he like goes and looks at Joey and kind of runs a finger down the back of his hair, like, hmm, he's been moosing. He also doesn't want to go by Joey anymore. He wants to go by Joe. He thinks it sounds more professional. Uh, oh, man, I think DJ is also in the running for worst outfit. She's wearing an all-denim dress that goes just past her knees, and it's very unappealing. Even, even DJ's like, is that you inside that suit, Joey? The thing is, when he turns around, you see, like, the line where the back of his hair would, like, normally where the mullet would kind of fall at that at the hairline there. And, yeah, that's when Jesse's like, oh, he's been moosing. And Danny is just like, Joey, you've never moosed your hair before. What's up? He says, please. Call me Joe. It's more sophisticated. More grown-up-y. So Jesse's like, uh, excuse me, uh, Joe, is there a, a punchline to this? And Joey, or Joe, says, oh, there's no punchline. He says, you see, last night was a revelation for me. That big break is not coming. Well, Joey, Joe, I wouldn't say that it's not coming, I'm just gonna tell you this you are gonna have your ups and downs but you are going to find success along the way what's he got coming up he's got star search bam he's gonna have exposure there he's got joey does hollywood goes hollywood where he's gonna be with annette funicello and frankie avalon the pilot never airs but then again still you're getting your name out there there's also the legend of ranger joe Boom! He's on television. He's doing what he loves. He's making people laugh and happy. And it just, it just feels like it comes in spurts. It comes in waves. Sure, it's not happening right this moment. That doesn't mean your hard work isn't going to pay off eventually in the end. You ride the waves out. And then when they crest, you have your, your down periods where you just keep working and everything. You just keep doing it. And you're going to get there. It says, I am going to venture into the business world. Now, I understand this. And I kind of went by this philosophy for a while. Whereas, it's better to have a job than no job. Sure, it's not the job that you want, but sometimes monetary priority takes over and you're like, I gotta have something. It's not the dream job, but it's something until something better comes along. Um, but it seems like sometime, like in Joey's case, he's throwing in the towel for comedy and just saying, I'm gonna fall back on something completely different that he may most likely not have general experience in, but, um, he figures it's like, this isn't working for me. I've been doing this for over 10 plus years. Not working for me. Let me hit a fallback, which he had a teaching certificate, which we don't find out till season eight, that he could have been doing that along the way. But again, it's just, 
this just, it, it just, it, it comes in waves. Your dreams, they will, you work hard at them, you will achieve them. It will come true. But again, it takes work. And you're going to have your slow periods. You're going to have a time where you're going to throw on the towel and say, I don't want this anymore. I, it's not worth striving for. And it's like, you do what you can until your break comes along. In Joey's case, it's not a matter of money to him. I mean, he may be getting paid peanuts for doing stand-up, but he's doing something that he loves. So it's just, come on, man. Just keep at it. I mean, you're bringing in the laughs. Why do you got to chalk up one bad night to just, like, it's not working. I don't, I'm not... It's not getting me where I want to be. It's like, sure, you're not on top of the world right now. But, the, yeah, the other thing. What about, we, we, Viva lost Joey when he opened for Wayne Newton. Hello? Granted, that's like a handful of years down the road. But still. It just, it just feels like he has an all or nothing Attitude where, like, it either happens right now or it's not going to happen at all. That's not the way life works. You put in the time, you ride out the bumps until what you want is finally achieved. And he says, I'm going to get a real job and make some real money. And he says, I'm starting a whole new way of life. Joey, you have never seemed more miserable. He's got a mask on right now, and he's just... He's just basically shut himself off and just shut himself down. Like, I've accepted it's not going to happen for me, so this is my life. That's, that's, uh, it's just. And DKS, like, what they're all thinking, but what about your comedy? The thing is, I think the girls and Jesse and Danny, all, that's what they know Joey for, his comedy. Making people laugh, bringing joy and smiles and laughter to the world. And he tells DJ, there comes a point in your life where you just have to say, I tried and I failed. Come on, man. And you're giving this advice to DJ, who this will play into her, I'm not good at guitar, so what's the point of even trying to get better at it? I'm not going to be this legendary musician. I'm not going to be at that level right away. So what's the point? It's like you're on step one and you're trying to immediately jump to step 25. That's not how life works. I'm going to say that right now. And he says, well, I'm just glad I found this out now and not when I'm like 46 years old. He says, oh, I am quitting comedy. There's a picture of Charlie Chaplin on his bathroom door. Lee Iacocca. Joe, Joe says, after Jesse asks, Lee Iacocca? And Joey says, yeah, that's my man. And kind of tucks the guy on the poster's chin. Um, when I said the whole family, it turns out, no, it's just Jesse, Joey, and DJ. I'm guessing Michelle and Stephanie are still sleeping. But, um, yeah, even Danny's looking on with concern. Like, this is not Joey. He's not normally like this. He's really taking this. It's not even really rejection. It's just, you had a bad night. Big deal. It's not like you haven't ever had a bad night before. And as we cut to commercial, Jesse puts a hand in Joey's forehead, like, trying to feel like, 
Are you warm? Are you feverish? What's going on? Joe, are you down here? I'm here. We were worried. We didn't hear you come in last night. <laughs> Good morning, all. Is that you inside that suit? Indeed it is. He's been moosing. Joey, you've never moosed. Please call me Joe. It's more sophisticated, more grown up y. <laughs> uh, excuse me, uh, Joe. Is there a punchline to this? Oh, there's no punchline. You see, last night was a revelation. That big break is not coming. I am going to venture into the business world. I'm going to get a real job and make some real money. I'm starting a whole new way of life. What about your comedy? DJ, there comes a point in your life where you just have to say to yourself, I tried and I failed. I'm just glad I found this out now and not when I'm 46 years old. Whew. I am quitting comedy. <laughs> Lee Iacocca? <laughs> My man. So now we're right outside the front door. Jesse's wearing his exterminator bug suit. He's got his red ball cap backwards. He's like, gosh, I'm so glad I took off work today, Danny, so we could take a fascinating tour of every daycare center in the Northern Bay Area. And Danny says, I know, but once Joey finds a job, then we're going to lose a babysitter. And Danny's just concerned, like, we gotta find a great place for Michelle. And Jesse says, look, we've narrowed it down to your favorite 803. So, one of the places that Danny finds interesting is Piggly Wiggly's Fitness and Daycare Center. They even give her a free sweatband. Specializing in toddler aerobics. She just recently seems like she started to learn how to walk. I don't think she's ready for the aerobics yet. Complimentary sweatband. Adorable. As he puts it on her head, she, she had her finger in her mouth. Like, I don't know how I feel about this. He calls her Arnold Schwarzenbeck, baby. <laughs> so, Jesse and Danny are going to help Michelle work out. And she just looks at them both because they're, like, lifting their legs high in the air. And they have their arms out. And she's looking back and forth between them, like... I just learned how to walk. I can't lift my leg in the air that high. Her legs are getting too close to her face because they're both in front of her, but they're lifting their their knees up to, like, stomach level. Oh, no, they're each at least six inches apart from her. Okay. And then Jesse fat shames her, says, as he bends down to her level, says, obviously you feel pretty secure about those chubby little legs of yours. Like, dude, she's just got the baby fat. It's okay. Like how she nods, like, yeah, I am. I'm very secure. Thank you. The audience loves it as she nods, like, uh-huh, I do. Thank you. And Danny says, look, let's just go with the center for the with the nicest people. Like, maybe ones that aren't being investigated by the state. Jesse's like, that's good thinking. Sounds good to me. 
Joey comes in with a briefcase, and he's like, afternoon, gentlemen, and they're like, hey, afternoon, Joe, how'd it go today? Two more job offers, a bank teller and a stockbroker trainee. And Danny says, that's great, which one are you going to take? And Joey says, well, neither. And Joey says, well, the bank job, the bank was way up on this big hill. You gotta go all the way up the hill and back down the hill. And he's like, well, that's not my style, so I'm not taking the job. And he says, well, the stockbroker job, they served me instant coffee. And he says, like, enough said? I'm like, this just, with the stockbroker job, that just makes me think of, um... What's his name? Um, Will Smith played, uh... Chris Gardner, I believe, in The Pursuit of Happiness. Based on a true story, such a good movie. Oh my goodness, it's so good. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's him and his son, Jaden, playing father and son. <laughs> and it's just, oh, it's so heart heartbreaking and heartwarming. You just you root for the guy. And Jesse kind of fills us in by saying that, Joey, you've been offered eight jobs and you've found something wrong with all eight of them. He says, look, Je Jess, I know what I'm doing. I don't want to rush into anything. I don't think it's a matter of rushing into anything. I think because it's not comedy, he doesn't want to take it. It's like, then why are you doing this? This whole song and dance thing. So you're done with comedy. You've been offered eight jobs and you don't want to take them for the most ridiculous reasons. He says, I'm not going to make the same mistake I did when I got into comedy. Stephanie comes home and says, hi, Daddy. Hi, Uncle Jesse. She goes up to Joey and says, I love how she looks up at him and says, hello, Joe. And Joey says, well, hello, Stephanie. And she asks him, do you want to watch Rocky and Bullwinkle? And Joey says, oh, no cartoons for me, Steph. I'm going to read the Wall Street Journal. I have a like, I would have said right to his face, I miss the old Joey, the one who used to make me laugh. This is just depressing. He says, cartoons, I'm a businessman. Yeah, I feel for Michelle, Michelle, <laughs> after the chubby little legs joke. Yeah, I do. I also feel for Steph, because she asks, I just, 
Yeah, she, the whole family does. They all miss the old Joey. This song and dance, this little act he's doing, no one's buying it. You're not making yourself happy. You're making everyone miserable because you're not happy. And you're not... He has one bad night on the top of probably many other not great nights over the last umpteen years that he's been doing comedy. And it's this one night, this one shot he could have had. He, he doesn't, honestly, I don't think those jokes would have earned him an HBO special. I really don't. And Danny says, yeah, so do I. I mean, he's not happy about giving up comedy. That's why he's turning down those jobs. Like, well, Danny, yeah, we pretty much figured that. So, one thing I'm noticing here as I'm watching this Olsen twin, whether it's Mary-Kate or Ashley, I'm not sure. But, who's ever off camera, who's, like, over there, because she's waving at somebody, and then she's touching John Stamos's face. But she's clearly waving. Someone's, like, trying to get keep her attention. Because she's smiling at who's ever off camera. And Danny says, you know, Joey's really starting to worry me. And Jesse says, yeah, Joey's always worried me. It's like, yeah, but come on, Jesse. This is different. Joey's not acted like this before. <laughs> this is so cute. I love how Michelle, she yawns like, <sighs> like what a day. <sighs> this conversation. <laughs> and then <laughs> Jesse looks in her direction. She looks at him. So cute. And then she turns away from him. <laughs> Good afternoon, gentlemen. Afternoon, Joe. How'd it go today? Two more job offers. Bank teller and a stockbroker trainee. Great. Which one are you going to take? Neither. The bank job, the bank was way up on this big hill. Got to go all the way up the hill, back down the hill. <laughs> Not my style. <laughs> stockbroker job. They served me instant coffee. Enough said? Excuse me, Mr. Businessman, but do you realize you've been offered eight jobs and you found something wrong with all eight of them? Hey, I know what I'm doing. I don't want to rush into anything. I'm not going to make the same mistake I did when I got into comedy. Hi, Daddy. Uncle Jesse. Hello, Joe. Hello, Stephanie. Want to watch Rocky and Bullwinkle? <laughs> no cartoons for me, Steph. I am going to read the Wall Street Journal cartoons. I'm a businessman. <laughs> I miss the old Joey. So do I. He's not happy about giving up comedy. That's why he keeps turning down all those jobs. Joey's really starting to worry me. Joey's always worried me. So we go to another music lesson with Jesse and DJ and he's doing the my sofa la di da however you want to do and DJ is trying but she's one that seems to give up quickly he just gets so frustrated like do re mi fa no no wrong 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 oh I hate this DJ your attitude stinks that's your problem you don't stink you just want to be good right away we can't all be Elvis Presley. I'm sorry. We just, we cannot. She says, my hands are too small. My fingers cramp up. It's just too, sweetie, you're making excuses. Jesse says, look, DJ, yes, it's hard at first, but eventually you'll get it. I suppose he doesn't say, look, when I tried, 
learned the guitar as a child, I didn't know what I was doing at first either. But I kept at it, and eventually I learned. And he says, hey, how would you like to hear a story about a little boy? And DJ says, I have a feeling I'm going to hear it no matter what I say. Oh yeah, he's talking about himself, saying how once when he was a little boy, he heard an Elvis record, Elvis Presley record. We know the king. And she says, wonderful story. He's like, no, 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 it gets better, trust me, it gets better. He says, this little boy was so inspired, he pedaled down to that pawn shop, traded his bike in for a guitar. And he says, and that boy sat in his room, he practiced day and night, night and day. Of course, where else could he go? He had no bike. He says, finally, one magical day, the music surged through his body into his fingertips, and he could do this. Yes, Jesse, we kind of figured that was little boy with you, because he starts doing the... I don't know how... Jamming on the guitar. Yeah, she says, big surprise ending there. She says, you know what, I think, I think I'll take the guitar down to the pawn shop and get myself a new bike. And she says, I'll never be a bracelet. I quit. And he says, DJ, look, you put the bracelets together. It's your band. You can't quit your own band. She's throwing Joey's words back at Jesse. I tried and I failed. No, you didn't try. You gave up. There's a big difference. Pride means you attempted something, and you're not even making an attempt. She says, I'm just glad I figured this out now and not when I'm 46. Yep. He's like, wait, I wonder if I heard that. Joey. No, yeah, my hands are too small, my fingers cramp up, it's just too hard. Yes, DJ, it is hard at first, but... How would you like to hear a story about a little boy? I have a feeling I'm going to hear it no matter what I say. Once there was a little boy who heard an Elvis Presley record. The King. Wonderful story. It gets better, it gets better. This little boy, he was so inspired that he hopped on his bike, he pedaled down to that pawn shop, traded his bike in for a guitar. And that boy, he sat in his room, he practiced day and night, night and day. Where else could he go? I had no bike. <laughs> anyway, finally, one magical day, the music surged through his body, into his fingertips, and he could do this. That little boy was me. Big surprise ending. So, what do you think? I think I'll take the guitar down to the pawn shop and get myself a new bike. I'll never be a bracelet. I quit. DJ, you put the bracelets together. You can't quit. I tried and I failed. I'm just going to figure this out now and not when I'm 46. So Jesse yells for Danny, who comes out from Michelle's room, and he says, look, we gotta get Joey back into comedy. And Danny says, you know, Jess, I really like that idea. Where did this change of heart come from all of a sudden? And Jesse says, Daniel, listen to me. Joseph is our friend. 
He also adds, he needs us. Besides, I hate that moosey hair of his. Come on, we need to get baby mullet Joey back. Danny! What's the matter? We gotta come up with an idea to get Joey back into comedy. All right, I like that attitude. What caused a sudden change of heart? Daniel, Joseph is our friend. He needs us. Besides, I hate that moosey hair of his. Come on. So, Danny and Jesse and Joey go down to the club. And Jesse's kind of playing this off like, it's nice of you guys to support me while I try out some new tunes. And Joey says, you know, it's kind of strange being here at the old club. This place has barely changed. <laughs> and I love what Danny says. He says, Joey, you were here three days ago. Amateur night. Okay, cool. So it's like they can have like different things. Musicians, magicians, performers of any kind. Yes, magicians, singers, comics. And by popular demand, no mimes. Music of Jesse Cochran before he became Ketsopolis. Jesse gets up on the stage and says, oh, thanks very much. But you see, there's been a change in the plans. You see, tonight, I'm going to begin my career as a stand-up comedian. And Joey says, oh, you've got to be. He's got to be kidding me, right, Danny? He's, he's joking, right? Speaking of jokes, <laughs> Jesse says, I'd like to start off with a fast impression. goes like this. So he basically starts off with the impression Joey did at the house before he went to the club. Hello, Wilbur. Let's go down and visit some of my friends in prison. The look on the audience is just like, I don't even know what that is in relation to. We got like seven people, four at a table and three standing behind them. And then he adds, ladies and gentlemen, Ed Moose. And of course, Joey adds, it's Mr. Ed Meese. And he looks at Danny and says, Danny, he's stealing my material. I'd be like, Joey, why do you care? You're not a comedian. You gave it up, remember? So what if he takes your material? It's not your material anymore. The minute you said, I'm done with comedy, it's up for grabs. Anyone can use it. And Joey says, yeah, that's right. I'm just a businessman enjoying the show. Businessman? You didn't accept any of those jobs. You are not a businessman. Just because you're wearing a suit does not make you a businessman. Make sure an unemployed man in a suit. <laughs> well, he starts one that Joey did while he was on stage. Jesse says, well, why is it when, when you have a pretty date and you say, Hey, thank you, man. I got a chemistry set. So he's basically taking Joey's jokes and, like, rewording them, basically. Making them make no sense. And Joey's getting frustrated. He's like, hey, if you're going to steal my jokes, steal them right, you Yahoo bird. <laughs> and Danny says, hey, Joey, you do realize you're the first comic in history to heckle his own act, right? So here Jesse goes again. It's like, hey, you know what's really strange? You know how your mom, she can change anything? And he's like, wait, wait no. Sorry, your, your mother, she can change anything into, like, an adjective. And then just uh, a pronoun? A syllable. And Joey says, a verb. It's a verb. And he's like, yes, a verb. She can change anything into a verb. Like, your mom, your mother can change anything into a verb. And he's like, no, she comes, uh, no, I come, I, no, she comes home and she says, no, I ask her, hey, hey, mom, hey, hey, mother, <laughs> hey, mom, <laughs> mother, can I, <laughs> he's like, can, can I have a cookie? And she says, oh, you want some milk with that? <laughs> and he raises his hand. <laughs> 
course, Joey stands up, hand in the air, saying, that is, I'll cookie you. You're killing my jokes. This is comedy murder. And Jesse, with the microphone, says, oh, really? You think you could do better? And Joey holds up a napkin and says, this napkin can do better. I'd be like, hey, here's a mic. Prove me wrong. Come on. Let's see what you got. And Jesse comes off stage and says, be my guest, pal. And Joey grabs the mic and says, ladies and gentlemen, what he's trying to say is when your mom. And then he stops and is like, <laughs> you got me, didn't you, Jess? <laughs> uh -huh, I get it. Yep. This is all a ploy to get me back into comedy. He says, yeah, I fell right into your little trap, didn't I? Break your legs, buddy. <laughs> Thank you, Danny. I love this. Joey, Jesse takes the mic from Joey and says, ladies and gentlemen, the comedy stylings of Joey Gladstone. And he's like, all right, all right, get out of here, get out of here. <laughs> oh, there you go. There's your applause. It's like, Jesse Cochran. Okay, that's enough. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I like how Joey explains, like, you see, what Jesse was talking about was, you know, moms and when you were younger. Uh, he says, my mom used to chase me around, but she didn't chase me with their legs. She chased me with their arms, so it was like two propellers coming at me, like, hey, get back here, you get back here, and I'm just going. <laughs> He's like, mom, you're going to take off, and I don't think you have clearance from the tower. I thought that joke was funny. Oh, uh, yeah, this is where he, um, and I guess maybe back then those could relate to um, those forms of punishment by a parent. He says, I, I couldn't outrun, outrun my dad. He chased me pulling his belt. <laughs> he says, it was like he would start pulling his belt. It's like he was starting his hips. Kind of like a lawnmower. <laughs> you come back here. You come back here. Joey says, you know, gosh, every time my dad pulled his belt, he ran faster. <laughs> Joey says, I thought for years, well, maybe my dad's a riding lawnmower. I didn't know. Well, they seem to find it chuckle-worthy. Joey also, I like that he takes stuff, like, that we would relate to. He says, like, you know how you wake up in the morning, you answer your phone, you sound just like Elmer Fudd? What? The moment he said that, it just made me think how basically, yeah, we probably, a lot of us, wake up in the morning to an alarm on our cell phone, which is right on the nightstand. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we wake up in the morning, answer the phone, we sound like Elmer Fudd. Hello, I can't do Elmer Fudd. And it's like, and you never admit to the other person that you just woke up. We always lie. And he's like, oh, no, I've been up for hours and hours. <laughs> he is running with this Elmer Fudd. He's like, and then you look in the mirror and you look like Elmer Fudd. Putting a hand to him, like, this is worse than I ever dreamed. Audience loves it. Audience loves it. Whoever owns this club likes porcelain, creepy, like, life-size, grown, full-grown clowns. Because that's just creepy. I'd like you guys to come down and watch me try some new tunes this evening. Kind of strange being here at the old club. This place has barely changed. Joe, you were here three days ago. <laughs> well, welcome to amateur night. We got magicians, we got singers, we got comics, and by popular demand, no mimes. <laughs> Let's start things off with the music of Jesse Cochran. Thanks very much. But uh, actually, there's been a change in plans. You see, uh, this evening, I'm going to begin my career as a stand-up comedian. Oh, he's got to be kidding. 
I'd like to start off with a fast impression. Uh, it goes like this. Uh, hello, Wilbur. Uh, let's go down and visit some of my friends in prison. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Ed Moose. Mr. Ed Meese, he's stealing my material. What do you care? You quit doing comedy. That's right. Just a businessman enjoying yes, the show. You know, why is it, you know, when you have like a pretty date, you know, and you say, hey, thank you, man. I got a chemistry set. <laughs> hey, if you're going to steal my jokes, steal them right, you Yahoo bird. You realize you're the first comic in history to heckle his own act? You know, what's really strange is, you know, you know how your mom, she can change any... Sorry, your mother. Your mother, she can change anything into, like, a, a, an adjective, a, um, a pronoun, a syllable. A verb. A verb. She can change. Your mom, your mother can change anything to a verb. It's like, you know, it's like she comes in. No, wait, I come. No, she comes home, and she says to me, she, no, I ask her, I say, hey, 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 mo mother. Hey, mother. I say, hey, mom. Get mother. Can I, uh, you know, hey, can I have a cookie? And she says, ooh, do you want some milk with that? That is Al Cookie you. You're killing my jokes. This is comedy murder. Oh, what? You think you could do better? This napkin could do better. Be my guest, pal. All right, fine. Ladies and gentlemen, what he's trying to say is that when your mom... <laughs> fell right into your little trap, didn't you? <laughs> Break your legs, buddy. Ladies and gentlemen, the comedy styling of Joseph Gladstone. All right, get out of here. Jesse was talking about was, you know, moms, and when you were younger, my mom used to used to chase me around all the time, but she didn't really chase me with her legs. She kind of chased me with her arms, so it was it was two propellers coming at me all the time. It was like, you get back here, you get back here. I'm just going, Mom, you're going to take off, and I don't think you have clearance from the tower. <laughs> I could not run my dad. My dad would start chasing me. He would start pulling his belt. It was like he was starting his hips. Was like, you come back here. You come back here. Every time my dad pulled his belt, he ran faster. I thought for years, well, maybe my dad's a riding lawnmower. I didn't know. <laughs> hey, did you guys ever wake up first thing in the morning and you answer the phone and you sound just like Elmer Fudd? So you're like, hello. <laughs> and you never admit to the other person that you just woke up. We always lie. It's like, oh, no, I've been up for hours and hours. <laughs> then you go and you look in the mirror and you look like Elmer Fudd. You're like, this is worse than I ever dreamed. <laughs> So back at home after the show, Joey does thank them like, "Hey, thanks for helping me out. That's really meant a lot to me." And Danny says, "Yeah, that's where you belong on stage, making people laugh." And Joey agrees, like, "Yeah, I mean, you're right. It just, I just get so tired of waiting for that big break. It's like, well, you and everyone else in the world that's still waiting for that big break to happen." Yes, the paycheck that goes... Well, in the meantime, if you want a paycheck, then find something else that you can do during the day, and then you do your comedy stuff in the evening. I mean, if you're that worried about, you know, paying your car insurance or whatever else he has to pay for, which can't be a whole lot other than, what, car insurance? Maybe he buys his own groceries? I don't know. Yeah, even Jesse's like, take one of those jobs. You had eight offers. And even Jesse even's like, why do you think I work as an exterminator? So I have income while I'm working on my dream. 
Yeah, he says, do you think I play rock and roll music to support my bug killing habit? Why not find something you can do at home? There's gotta be something out there. I know it's 87 or 88 at this point, but there's gotta be something out there. I mean, there's probably more option now, more options now in 2023 to work at home than there were in 88. That's just the world we live in. Okay, it's like, yeah, that way I can still watch the girls and I can make a few bucks and still do my, there you go, Joey, you got a plan, man. That's, that's how it works. It says, yes, tonight, tonight was my night. See, see, there you go. It says, you know, everything worked out great and we all lived happily ever after. And Joey says, thank you and good night, guys. And Jesse's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm -mm. No, 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 no. Get back here. We are still having a conversation. And, he's like, and Jesse comes around the kitchen island and says, whoa, 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 whoa. Not so fast. And Joey says, you want a hug, don't you? And we would be like, no, I don't want a hug, Joey. <laughs> and Jesse says, no, not unless I'm choking on a chicken bone. And he tells Joey, no, it seems like we have a problem with one of my little nieces. And Joey's surprised. He's been so preoccupied with giving up comedy. He has no idea what's been going on in the house with the kids. Danny fills him in saying, yeah, Jesse told me when you quit comedy, DJ quit guitar. She figures if you can quit, so can she. Yeah, and Jesse says, yeah, apparently the kid looks up to you for some strange reason. Oh, I can't believe she does. And Danny says, yeah, and you know what to do about it. You need to talk to her. And Joey asks, I do? And both Jesse and Danny say, you do. And he's like, okay, I do. I'll go talk to her. <laughs> and Jesse says, you see, he did it. Didn't he? I, I thought Jesse was going to say something like, whoa, 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 come back over here. No, we got to fix your hair. And he like goes and messes Jesse. Jesse messes up Joey's hair. Like, we got to get the moose thing. We got to get that moose out of here. I can't stand it anymore. The slick back look. That ain't you. We need the baby mullet back. Thanks for all your help, guys. All right. Yeah, that's where you belong. Up on stage, bringing joy to total strangers. Yeah, you're right. I just get so tired of waiting for that big break and the paycheck that goes with it. Take one of those jobs. Well, why do you think I work as an exterminator? Like I play rock and roll music to support my bug-killing habit? <laughs> you're right, Chess. I'm going to find something that I could do at home. That way I could still watch the girls, make a few bucks, and still do my act at night. Ah, tonight. Oh, tonight was my night. Everything worked out great, and we all lived happily ever after. <laughs> Thank you, and good night, guys. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold it, hold it. Whoa. Not so fast. You want a hug, don't you? Not unless I'm choking on chicken bone. <laughs> no, it seems we have a problem with one of my little nieces. We do? Jesse told me when you quit comedy, DJ quit playing the guitar. Uh -huh. She did? Apparently, uh, the kid looks up to you for some strange reason. <laughs> she does? And you know what to do about it. I do? You do. I do. <laughs> I do. You see, he did. Didn't he? <laughs> so Joey goes upstairs. DJ's feet are at the front of her bed, at the top of her bed. Yeah, like DJ, and then 
pulls back the comforter and she's watching uh, something on a mini TV. He says, Joey, this isn't what it looks like. And Joey says, yeah, it looks like you're watching David Letterman. She says, okay, it is what it looks like. I had a nine o'clock bedtime from like late elementary all the way through high school. So I, I never saw Letterman. I saw I never saw Jay Leno. None of that stuff. Conan O'Brien? Nope. Jimmy Fallon? Nope. So I like how she sits crisscross applesauce on her bed and Joey sits down next to her and says, and she's like, hey, what's up? And he says, well, look, I just wanted to tell you what happened tonight. So basically he's telling her that he got back into comedy and she shouldn't give up on the guitar. And Joey asks, like, hey, should we... Should we go someplace else so we don't wake Steph? And DJ says, are you kidding? The kids slept through Johnny Carson. We're fine. Of course, DJ says, oh, I mean, not that I was watching it. And he's like, oh, no, of course you weren't. <laughs> so he says, DJ, guess what? I got back up on stage tonight. I did my stand-up, and it was great. She's surprised to hear that, because she's like, well, wait a minute. I thought you quit. Didn't you quit? I know you quit. You said you did. And he says, well, I mean, I did, but I just, I think I was just frustrated and looking for the easy way out. You know, kind of like how you did with quitting guitar. And DJ kind of figures, like, oh, yeah, I get it. Jesse told you I quit the guitar, and now you're here to talk me out of it. And Joey's like, okay, so I guess I can skip the tortoise in the hair story. And she says, yeah, I'd appreciate it if you did. I already heard Jesse and the little boy and the getting the guitar trading in his bike for a guitar story. So I think I'm good on stories. And she says, I didn't quit just because of you. No, but it's like she is adding that as a reason, which she really shouldn't be. Give someone else to be your excuse for why you don't want to do something anymore. Quit because you stink. You haven't even tried, girl. I would say, hey, give it a month. If you're still not feeling it, you can move on to another activity. But give it a shot at least. Yeah, he even says, like, how do you know you stink? You've literally only been playing a week. And he says, hey, if you keep practicing, you might get really good at it. Or you may find that you have talents that lay elsewhere, but you're not going to know unless you give it a shot, a real shot. He tells her, hey, if you quit now, you may never know. DJ, <laughs> Stephanie pops up. He's right, DJ. Oops. Well, she been, she's been awake the whole time. You know she has. And then DJ asks, what are you doing up? And she says, I'm not up. I'm not, I'm, I'm talking in my sleep. She sounds like Vicky from Small Wonder. I'm not up. I'm talking in my sleep. At this point, Small Wonder would have been on television. Granted, on a different network, but still. And Joey says, look, DJ, one more thing, okay? Giving up isn't your style. And he says, you put the bracelets together. I mean, you picked the name of the group. And he says, DJ, you get things done. I'm like, girl, you don't know it yet, but in Fuller House, you are a master at planning when it comes to the Thanksgiving, the Christmas. You're just so organized. Not just that. We're talking about even before that, with organizing a school dance, um, the fundraiser in season four for that one computer, just so many, career day, just all these things, the school newspaper, I could literally go on and on and on about all of her accomplishments that she accomplishes because she takes charge, she doesn't give up, and she doesn't back down, and she gets things done.
that's how she is. He says, the DJ I know wouldn't give up just because it's the easy way out. Do you know if we all gave up and took the easy way out, then nothing would get done and the everything would just collapse? Exactly. The world would cease to exist because everyone took the easy way out and decided not. Just, yeah, I really think it would. Joey gets up and says, all right, good night, girls. Like, I, I said my piece. It's up to DJ now. Good night, Joe! <laughs> Stephanie. I'm sure he's like, you can just call me, you can call me Joey. It's cool. Uh, no more Joe. Call me Joey. And, like, really? You're Joey again? Aw, he does a bullwinkle. That's correct, my little friends. Oh, nighty night. He's back. Joey's back. Thank goodness. DJ, I see you eyeing that guitar. What time is it? Midnight? Go to sleep. You can play it. At the guitar is going to be there in the morning when you wake up. She starts singing the Venus song. Stephanie takes her pillow and just folds it over her ears like, please, no. You're going to wake your sister. You're going to wake Michelle. And Stephanie's trying to be supportive. Very nice, DJ. Very nice. so we don't wake Steph? Are you kidding? The kids left their Johnny Carson. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I was watching it. Oh, no. <laughs> well, DJ, guess what? I got back up on stage tonight, I did my stand-up, and I was great! But I thought you quit. Well, I did, but I... I think I was just frustrated looking for the easy way out. Oh, I get it. Jesse told you I quit the guitar, and now you're here to talk me out of it. <laughs> So I guess I can skip the tortoise and the hare story. I'd appreciate it. <laughs> I didn't quit just because of you. I quit because I stink. DJ, how do you know you stink? You've only been playing a week. But if you keep practicing, you might get really good at it. But if you quit now, you may never know. He's right, DJ. Oops. <laughs> what are you doing up? I'm not up. I'm talking in my sleep. DJ, one more thing. Giving up isn't your style. You put the bracelets together. I mean, you picked the name of the group. DJ, you get things done. The DJ I know wouldn't give up just because it's the easy way out. Good night, girls. Good night, Joe. <laughs> Call me Joey. Really? You're Joey again? That's correct, my little friend. <laughs> so, nighty night, night. <laughs> He's back. Joey's back. Regardless of
All right. So that was the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Worst outfit? I got to give it to Phyllis Diller. And then runner-up is DJ with that denim skirt top thingy-majiggy that she was wearing. Uh, best outfit? I actually don't have one for this episode, so, <laughs> yeah. Tanner Teachable Moment just goes back to with Joey and DJ. Pretty much the same thing. Don't just give up on something because it's the easy way out. Just keep plugging along and just, if you got to do something else, whether it's to earn a paycheck while you're working on your dream, then do that. Just know it's like, it's not a forever job. It's just there to help you along until you achieve your dream, no matter how long it takes. Sure, it's going to take a while. Whether it takes five years or ten years, you'll get there as long as you don't give up on it. Because if it's meant to happen, you'll push through the hard times. You'll push through those those bumps and bumps in the road, and you'll just keep going. Because any dream worth having is worth working towards and achieving. And the satisfaction, the utter satisfaction you'll get that on that day when you finally make it after all your hard work has paid off is truly just. A feeling that's undescribable. Alright, so next week we are going to jump to Season 3, Episode 6, entitled Star Search, which are November 3rd, 1989, in this episode. DJ and Steph try to teach Michelle not to go to sleep with her ballerina skirt on, but Danny allows her to do it. Okay, that's not really a side plot. Sounds more like a cold open. Joey gives his comedy career a last chance and wishes a challenge in... Ed McMahon's TV, sto TV show Star Search. Um, this uh, summary, whoever put this in, um, the wording's a little off, but then again, it is what it is. I guess anyone could go in and edit and write a better one or what have you. So, hope you all have a great weekend. Hope Again, hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to email the podcast, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't yet and you'd like to, leave a review for the podcast on iTunes. Just search Full House or Fuller House Podcast. The Oh My Land to Holy Chulupas podcast will pop up. Click on it, scroll down to where it says leave a review, and leave a review. All podcasts, all reviews help podcasts get reviews. Oh my goodness, I cannot talk. I'm sorry, it's like 9.44 at night. All reviews help podcasts get noticed by other fans like yourselves. So you can have fun with it, use emojis to describe episode titles, characters, or hit me up with a trivia question from either show. I would love to tackle that. Bye-bye, everyone. <laughs>